I've got just one reading uh, that I want to read you this morning. It comes from John's Gospel in chapter 21. Uh, it's the, uh, virtually the last words of Jesus. It's really the end uh, of John's Gospel per se. And I, so I want to read from John's Gospel. I want to read uh, from chapter 21 from verses 15 through to 19. And I want you to hear then uh, the word of God. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all, the, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But you, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And I thank God uh, for this reading uh, from Scripture uh, this morning. Uh, we're in the middle of a series uh, of sermons, as I said a little earlier, uh, around a resurrected life, uh, peace, faith, friendship, and today, love. And so let me try and put some flesh uh, on that for us all uh, as we come together. You know, this lockdown uh, that we're living through right now is probably the most difficult time uh, that we have ever experienced. I cannot in all my 78 years on this planet uh, ever remember a time when we've all been faced or forced into national isolation. And by its very nature, isolation is totally foreign to community living, especially church and godly community living. It's absolutely the antithesis of everything that God dreams about for us. And so, in this COVID world of ours, if ever a passage from Scripture is absolutely relevant to our current situation, it's this one. The reinstatement of Peter and Jesus' call on his life and ours, may I add, to go and feed the sheep. We are all being reminded that loving community is the very essence uh, of our life and being. And to be prevented from exercising our community living is more than a little stressful for us. This passage in John's Gospel comes right at the end, the very end of John's account of the Jesus story. It's as though Jesus talking to Peter gives him and the whole Christian church, that's you and me, gives us our final marching orders. And all Jesus says to Peter and to us is, feed my sheep. Or to put it another way, love one another. Isn't this amazing? Uh, very simply, love one another. Because these three words define everything that we as Christians are called to do. 
It's the very essence of our being as God's followers, Christ followers. I wonder if you, like me, uh, feel that perhaps we sometimes push God's patience to the point where he might run out of patience. I can think of many times in my life where I've had to come back uh, to God and say, I'm sorry. Because if we do this, then Jesus' restoration of Peter is the place to look for the answer. Three times uh, Jesus asks Peter to affirm his love. Three times Peter does so. And then, only then, Jesus gives Peter the chance to go back into ministry. And if you stop and think about it, it's simply mind-blowing. In the context of everything that has happened over the last few weeks in Jesus' life, at this moment after the, the horror of the, of the crucifixion and everything that follows it, Jesus gives Peter his marching orders and says, go and feed my sheep. I want to suspect that those words are as real for us today as they were then. Because who else can feed God's sheep other than, than us, you and me? Because Jesus, the good shepherd, has turned Peter the fisherman into a shepherd himself. And Peter's restoration is complete now. And in a sense, so is ours. Jesus does the same for us if we let him. And so I think that maybe even now we need to come home to Jesus. And I know that this sounds almost ridiculous because we've heard it so many times. But stop and think for a moment. This was Jesus' intention for Peter and for us to feed the sheep, uh, to be a life, to be a lifelong and in a lifetime of loving and following Jesus Christ and allowing our lives to tell his story. How? By feeding the sheep. By feeding the sheep. Now, I want to do something a little off the wall uh, this morning by way of, of continuing this sermon. Uh, I'm not going to use uh, traditional things. I want to go into the Old Testament and I want to go to the book of Nehemiah. I wonder how many of you have read Nehemiah recently. The story uh, of Nehemiah uh, is about the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. The people of Jerusalem had been isolated, they'd been, they'd been belittled, they'd been broken, they had been uh, abused, and and it's the account, the story of Nehemiah is the account of the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem because in, in the whole of the story, the, the city of Jerusalem had been sacked and the walls were broken, the people's spirit was broken, it was a broken city. And this book of Nehemiah is the account of God using his people to restore what was broken, to bless his people with renewal. Do you not think maybe uh, that this is where we are right now in a broken world where a world desperately needs to be restored? Think about this in our lockdown context today. And let's be reminded of Jesus' restoration of Peter and of us. 
Because if you stop and think about it, this is our story. This is the story of God's people being set free to be a forgiven, caring, loving, resurrected people. This is what Jesus did with Peter. Set him free to be forgiving and loving and caring and resurrected himself. So then let's return to Jesus' question. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Let me ask a couple of leading questions to get our minds moving here. What is easier here, A or B? A is conceiving a child. B is raising a child to be a well-adjusted adult. Okay, that was a throwaway question. Uh, but how about this one? What is easier, buying a house or turning a house into a loving, Christ-centered home? Or what's easier, constructing a church building, and we should know all about this here at Msini, or building a vibrant, God-glorifying community church within the walls of the church building? I know what's more important in God's eyes. I suspect you do too. So let's get back to the story. What is easier, fixing a broken down wall or rebuilding and energizing a faltering faith of the people working on the wall, even during COVID-19? Because there's a sense where we are all uh, working on a broken wall right now. I want to suggest that these are substantial questions. Questions Nehemiah needed to work with, with the people, and questions that we need to work with. We, you and me, are God's people in this day and age. We are called by God to be His people, to not just profess, but to be. And by implication, to be God's people means to act like God's people. In Nehemiah, the first part of the rebuild of Jerusalem was easy. It was, it was bricks and mortar and shovels and trowels and muscles and perspiration and lots of it. Nehemiah knew that this phase would probably only take a matter of months. It was just a matter of time and talent and energy laying bricks. But, but it was the second part of the construction effort that concerned Nehemiah more deeply. And it is what concerns Jesus deeply. The second part of this rebuilding of the walls was about the people, the people who inhabited the city within the walls. Their well-being. It was about rebuilding their well-being, their hearts, their souls, and their spirits. Nehemiah's concern was that the city would not just be a cool city, with fancy new walls and fancy new gates. Nehemiah's vision for that rebuilt city was for it to be a thriving community of people who would honor God fully and would love one another deeply and care for one another very deeply. A city that would give God the glory, where people would be cared for and fed and nurtured a city that would call the neighboring cities and nations toward the great God of Israel. Are you with me? Are you with me? And so, if you think about it, Nehemiah's vision is not just the physical restoration, but a spiritual restoration of, 
of the people. A healing from the trauma of what they had endured. I am sure you are resonating with what I've been saying in these last couple of minutes in our own context. Isn't this true for us today? Everything I have just said is very, very real for us in this lockdown country of ours. We desperately need for our walls and our communities to be rebuilt and healed and restored. We need for our sick, frightened, hungry, angry, sad, sad country to be loved and blessed and encouraged and fed and cared for by the only one from whom we may expect healing and restoration and hope and blessing and above all love. This is God's business. Nehemiah does an unusual thing. In chapter 8, he calls the people of Jerusalem to a meeting at the water gate. All the people, thousands of them. He tells them they will gather at 6 a.m. until noon. And they come in their thousands and they sit in the dirt at the water gate, prepared for a six-hour meeting. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever sat through a six-hour meeting in your lifetime? That is a test of endurance beyond comprehension. They see a platform erected there with a pulpit or a speaker stand and they expect Nehemiah to stand up and give them a pep talk. But that's not what happened. At 6 a.m., Nehemiah introduces Ezra, the most religious leader of the day. And Nehemiah tells them that Ezra is going to read the Old Testament scriptures for six hours. Now think about that, folks. No spotlights, no sound system, no drama, no dance, no singing of hymns. Just a guy on a platform reading at full voice to thousands of people for six hours. Does this sound like fun to you? Because you know what? As you read Nehemiah, as you read the script, instead of falling asleep or slipping out the back door, the crowd went bananas. They shouted, Amen, over and over. Amen, Amen. And of course you know that the word Amen means, Oh God, may it be so in my life. Amen. Hour after hour. Imagine that, so it went. And then Nehemiah says this uh, in chapter 8, verse 10, and this is my translation. Okay, the meeting's over. Go and enjoy choose choice food now and sweet drinks. That's wine and stuff, folks, just by the way. And then send some food and drink to those who have nothing prepared for them. Now, are you beginning to see the link that I'm trying to build here between uh, Jesus reinstating Peter and the story of Nehemiah and Ezra? Go. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and then send some food and drink to those who have nothing prepared. In other words, to the poor. And by the way, that's exactly what is happening at Imseni even as I speak. And I want to say to the people of Imseni Methodist Church, way to go, you wonderful people of this church. God is smiling on you. Now, I want to show you a little video clip of what's going on here at Imseni 
right now. The things that are happening in our conference center where they are preparing food for thousands of people on a weekly basis. For the people of this congregation who are just pouring stuff in here so that we can do exactly what we should be doing, feeding the sheep. Have a look at this. The story is about us. The story of of the rebuilding of Jerusalem, in a sense, is about us. It's about God's people being set free to be a forgiven, loving, caring, resurrected people. Are we going to sit in our corner with a blanket over our heads saying, woe is me, when is all this going to end? Or are we doing something about it? I've just shown you what we're doing about it here. So let's return to Jesus' question to Peter. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. So let me ask you, let me ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing? Because what Ezra says at the end of all this is, this is a sacred day. What we did here was very important. Don't grieve. Many of you are crying and sad, but don't grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know what Nehemiah is saying? He says, I know that a lot of you got emotional. You've been locked down for weeks. You haven't heard the word of God in person for a long time now. But if you read the word of God right, if you apply it appropriately to your life, the teachings of the word of God never lead to despair. They shouldn't leave you in a place of sadness because the scriptures are all about hope and redemption and forgiveness from sins and a good future and eternity that belongs to those who love God fully. Nehemiah is saying to us today, this is a very, very important day. We're not just rebuilding a wall. We're rebuilding the heart and souls of those who are going to live in this community. And we're going to build our hearts and souls on the foundation of the Word of God, on the basis of feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Because that, who else is God going to send if He doesn't send us? I like to think that apart from six-hour motivational meetings, we've been striving to do exactly that here with our lives and our meetings and our teaching. Especially through this lockdown, we've we've been building our hearts and our souls on the foundation of the Word of God. Feed my sheep, my lambs, my sheep. Feed them. You know, it would have been easy for Ralph and Luke and myself to just sit back in a little corner and say, oh, well, there's nothing we can do now. They must just get on with it and pick up the pieces whenever. But you know that that's not true. You know that you've been getting phone calls. You know that you've been involved with fetching food and carrying and carrying on. The things that are happening here at Mseni, even as I speak, are absolutely amazing. Thousands of people. The food is being prepared for you. Isn't it just something special? So many people see and believe the Scriptures as God's handcuffs, restricting and confining and joyless and painful. And nothing could be further than the truth, from the truth. 
The Bible is teaching us that there are foundations upon which we can build our lives, teachings and so on, and grow and guide us and bless us. And he will do this. All he needs is for us to say yes. The Bible teaches us that it's a good time and it's a good thing to honor our parents. It's a good thing to stop lying. It's a good thing to stop stealing. It's a good thing to stop cheating. It's a good thing not to commit adultery. There are some things that are right and there are some things that are wrong and the Bible spells that out. And our crazy, fallen, infallible world needs such a truth source that is clear about this. The Bible tells us that Scripture is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. The Bible says if you get enough of God's words in your head, they become a source of life for you. The Bible tells us that Scripture is vital to our lives. It gives us strength when we're weary, hope when we're hopeless, guidance when we're lost. One of my favorite verses in Scripture, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not only through just the good times, but through things like COVID-19 and lockdowns and solitariness. Most important of all, here Isaiah 40.31 they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount on wings like eagles. The Bible is the only book in the world that points to the only salvation available for people who become aware of their sins. The Bible is a book that introduces us to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And Nehemiah is just trying to say, look, we're in this exciting rebuilding wall building experience and operation we're rebuilding the walls the walls of our faith the walls the walls of our church in our context but first we've got to figure out what kind of people we are and he says i want i want us to be people of the book people whose lives individually and corporately are founded on the wisdom of the book and the people all together said, you know what, we agree, we will be that. That's what we want. We want to be the people of the word. And so finally, let me read you from verse 29 in chapter 10 of Nehemiah, because Nehemiah drafts a document to put the words, the promises the people were making. Verse 29 just says it all. We will carefully obey the commands, regulations and decrees of the Lord our God. It's enough. Imagine if all of us were to say, I'm a person of the book. Imagine if all of us begin to live out the things we profess in love. Imagine what a world we would live in if we commit to take our faith seriously and in love. Imagine if we made our first and most lasting commitment only to Jesus Christ and to loving one another as his people, no matter what the circumstances in fact, perhaps because of the circumstances. I want to call us to be God's loving people, feeding his sheep. I want us to see our role in rebuilding God's COVID world. And the only way we can rebuild God's COVID world is to feed the sheep. 
I want to call of us, all of us to stand with the words of Joshua on our lips. Joshua 24:15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray a moment. Oh, gracious God, thank you. Thank you no matter where we are, you are with us. Thank you that, that you have uh, all things in your hands. But Lord, you need for your sheep to be fed. You need for your sheep to be healed and made whole. You need for your sheep uh, to be blessed and loved. Father, here we are. We will go for you if you lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so then, folks, there's nothing more for me to say other than this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with us all today and even forevermore. Amen. Amen. Go in peace, folks. Amen.